All right, good evening, everyone. <laughs> if you join us online, we're uh, glad you're with us. As always, Richard's standing by, so say hi. Let him know you're there, and uh, let us know how we can be a blessing. The prayer tab you'll see in the bottom right-hand corner. Uh, just click on that. If there's anything we can be praying about specifically, it's private, secure, just goes to one source, so don't worry about that being shared. Uh, it goes to one person, but we just want to be a blessing. But thank you for joining us tonight. Uh, we are going to venture out away from Hebrews just on a passage I read today, and it just enlightened my heart. And uh, so we're just going to kind of talk through that but before we do i want to share a great story uh how do i share this online um if some of y'all may have heard or may not have heard uh, michelle jason and michelle uh you know she's 26 weeks pregnant michelle was in a head-on accident uh this would have been uh, uh monday of this week and uh <clears throat> And uh, she's okay. I don't mean to alarm you with that. Uh, it was uh, scary. Jason called me. Jason saw it happen. It was just on the other side of the intersection as you go underneath the bridge. Uh, she was like, she came down 1570 under the bridge, turned right, was about to go back out 1570, you know, like you do towards 66. Uh, the lady came off the highway and was coming down. And Jason, if this makes sense, was coming up 1570. So Jason's here, Michelle's here, this car's coming this way, and they see each other, or she's talking to, like waving to Jason, making faces, and uh, uh, her daughter's with her, and she just doesn't see this car and, and turns into the car, but it's not like a side. They, the way she turned, it was head on. And so it happened literally right in front of Jason. Uh, so he was distraught, to say the least. He called me and... Uh, uh, you know, hard to understand what he was saying. And I got there as fast as I could. The ambulances were still there. Uh, so all that being said, as that day played out that afternoon, uh, it was Sunday. I apologize. It was Sunday afternoon. It played out. Uh, Michelle is okay. Uh, very sore, to say the least. Uh, the baby is okay. Uh, that was the big thing. So they kept her for about 24 hours and monitored the baby, and everything was fine. Um, they were more fortunate. They have a, uh, a Tahoe, you know, SUV. The lady that she hit, it was Michelle's fault, uh, that she hit was in a compact car, you know, like a little Honda Accord or Nissan Sentra type car. Uh, so she got the brunt of it. Her airbag went off. Uh, it messed up her nose and all that stuff. So she, uh, when we were there, she was all, you know, pretty bloody and, and beat up. But she was okay, too. Uh, so there's some underlying circumstances I don't want to get into uh, for her privacy. Uh, but as it played out, I, I uh, reached out to her where she was at and uh, felt led after talking to Michelle that, wow, you never know how the Lord works, why things happen, why God ordains things. He allows them to happen. And so uh, I reached out to the lady uh, in the current conditions uh, that she was in uh, and uh, prayed heavily for I went in just really just asked the Lord to move through if this is an opportunity he's creating that we're being obedient as a church to, to search this out and waited and waited and waited and she never did 
when she said she was willing to talk to me and ended up not talking to me. I was like, oh, Lord. It was just heavy on my heart. I thought, you know, after been praying all day, actually when I reached out to her, it was the next day. And I had literally been praying on and off for at least 24 hours. And so when it didn't play out, it was so heavy on my heart. I thought, wow, you know, not that I'm that in tune with the Holy Spirit to be dumbfounded, but I was just like, I could have swore this was going to be something. And uh, so after it fell through, I just totally, you know, you go on about different things, totally blocked it out. And I got a phone call from an individual uh, that was involved in me reaching out to her and said, hey, she called me and wanted your number. And I told her I wasn't at liberty to give it out, but I could get your number to him. She wants to talk to you. And I was in the middle of something, and can you talk? I said, yeah, I'll let, give me five minutes to get out of what I'm in right now and tell her I would give her a call. And uh, gave her a call, sweet lady. Uh, big thing, Michelle wanted me to convey her apologies. And uh, the lady was very understandable. She says, uh, I was concerned. I heard to find out that she was pregnant. So we went through all of that, that the baby was okay, and she has no ill feelings. Hey, she says, we all make mistakes. And uh, so very, very honest and sweet lady. And, uh, and so it, it opened the door. And uh, Lord willing, if her heart's right, in the sense of what she's saying, she stays convicted. We should be seeing her, if not this Sunday, next Sunday at the church. Uh, and, and please understand, you can probably read through the lines. There's a lot I can't go into that was involved in that situation. Uh, that prompted me to want to reach out to her and hoping she'd want to talk to me. Uh, I did get to witness to her. She, uh, she didn't have a specific time and place, but in years, uh, Brother Brad can uh, attest to this, and some of y'all can. And, you know, in years of witnessing to people, you, you hear positive things, but the way they're saying it, it's like with confusion, that they may not realize they're confused. Uh, so I, I can't say I'm, not that I matter, but I'm not 100% comfortable with her salvation. I think there's some mixture of religiosity in it because she had a lot of things she said when I gave scripture. And she was like, oh, wow, that's interesting. So, but it doesn't mean she may have got saved, never got discipled. So she is just, you know, hasn't grown in grace, but we'll get that covered but the 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 thing i wanted to to emphasize i still believe now the way it all played out on god's timing kind of what we talked about sunday and his perfect timing i think that you can make a strong statement that god may have intervened with drastic measures but saying but don't worry michelle and the baby i'm going to take care of you and the baby but I'm going to use extreme measures to get in certain people's attention. And, and God will work out that. You know, well, God, there ain't no way you can tell me God would allow a wreck. Hey, you don't know the God I know then. I don't mean to sound arrogant, but God will do anything to get somebody's attention. If God needs a wreck, he can have the worst wreck and perform a miracle of the person he's using that do not get a scratch in the wreck still get somebody's attention that's the god we serve that's how much god loves every single one of us and if it takes going through those measures to get somebody's heart whether they're a prodigal situation 
prodigal child or enough's enough you're going to get to hear the gospel god will do miraculous things and uh, so just continue to pray for this sweet lady uh, i'll hold her name back for now but just pray that her heart stays convicted uh, i'm supposed to talk to her again tomorrow so as soon as the uh, things work out and she gets uh, rental cars and stuff uh, right now there's a strong conviction for her to uh, to want to be a part of uh, of what we're doing here so pray about that very i know it's kind of vague i wish i can give you everything but in due time hopefully so but i think god's doing a great thing through that situation so uh anybody else i know um would be i guess she's your niece or great niece great niece and uh this would be uh um the uh yeah, you're, yeah i'm trying to think what's her name i can't think of her name amelia yeah amelia so this would be uh, Frank and Jay, or Jay's great-niece, Amelia's a year old, uh, had some seizures, went into the hospital, uh, was, uh, I guess, unconscious for quite a while, but has uh, woken back up, uh, the seizures have stopped, and uh, they have released her, and she's back home for now, so, and we hope permanently, but just keep Amelia in prayer, a year old, uh, keep my sister in prayer, uh, still some struggles there. Um, and keep Tucker in prayer, <laughs> not to laugh at him. I should have gave it to Mark to put it up there. Uh, she sent me a picture, and uh, boys being boys, he's on a field trip going down the slide and falls off the slide and hits his head on some pole, and right like his temple and his eye socket, I mean, it looks like somebody put a half an egg underneath his skin. It's like, I mean, it's like, like that's pretty cool. And... Uh, so uh, so she's, that just happened not too many hours ago, so she took him to the ER because he wasn't acting like uh, whatever normal is for an 11-year-old boy. Uh, so they're at the ER tonight, so keep them in prayer, and they may be here shortly. Hopefully everything's okay. Uh, so anybody else, any other prayer requests? Ooh, okay. Yeah, Lloyd's wife, Carolyn, some of y'all know. Some of y'all haven't, she's been here with us a few times, but uh, has fallen. So keep Carolyn in prayer. Anybody else? Yeah. Yeah. Been a tough year on from the family awful young yeah what's the last name of the family Stuart oh well okay so keep the Stuart family extended family of David in prayer all right let's pray and we'll uh, get started father thank you for tonight this opportunity just together we thank you and father we work uh, we pray through the work of your hands that would just uh, work in a miraculous way through each and every one of these prayer requests and be with doctors where they're involved. Give them uh, just all the wisdom they need and and the guidance. But, uh, Father, we always say and know that you're the great physician. So we seek your perfect will to do what man can't do, and that's heal. Only you can heal. So uh, we lift up the, uh, these uh, requests to you. We pray for David's extended family over the loss in their family. Always a uh, heavier time and tougher time. Just 
give peace to this family. Let David be a blessing in every way. Anoint his words to encourage them in uh, your goodness and your promises. So uh, be with us tonight. I ask that you anoint your word and uh, speak to our hearts. We ask this in Christ's name. Amen. Uh, real short, uh, it's, uh, everything in the Bible is the truth, but I think this is just a good discussion per se verse. We're going to look at Luke chapter 2. It's the story of Simeon and uh, Anna. And uh, I'm sure you're very familiar with the story. Uh, Simeon was uh, guided and led uh, by the Holy Spirit and uh, instructed through God that uh, he would not die. He would not have to you know, die until he got to see the promised Messiah. Now, would that not be, imagine the Holy Spirit appeared to you Unfortunately, we can't be in that situation, but you're talking about, and understand, Simeon was well aware of the promise of the Messiah. Uh, he had his faith, his belief, but he was going to get to see, physically see, and not only see, we know the story, he got to hold the Messiah in his hands. I mean, I guess other than Mary and throw Joseph in their dads for whatever they're good for, but, you know, other than, than Mary, and Josh, he got to hold God in flesh. As the scriptures had promised, and he knew that God would come in flesh. And, and yes, the Messiah, and, and not to lessen that, because, I mean, uh, that title alone is, is amazing. But he is still God in flesh that Simeon got to hold. And so in this passage, and what I want to look at is this verse here, uh, two verses in uh, chapter 2, verses 29 and 30. And uh, you'll see him here. It says, uh, this is after he's also held the baby, uh, Jesus. He says, Now us thou thy servant depart in peace, according to thy word, as the Holy Spirit had promised him. For my eyes have seen thy what? Now, when I read that this morning and read this a million times, as you have, I was sitting there this morning drinking my coffee. It was about 5.45 in the morning, and I'm reading it, and I just what? I just, the first thing that came into mind this time of reading it, I thought, you're talking about one and done. That's what I thought. That's my weird thinking, I know. You know what do you mean, one and done? <laughs> if you know the scriptures, as Simeon did, and you got the promise of the Holy Spirit, as Simeon did, and this happens in your life, I don't know what else will qualify as one and done. I'm done. What, <laughs> what, what am I going to stay around for that's going to be better than that? Now, it doesn't mean God can't use you and God won't use you, and it's not about us or about me. It's about God, and, and God can say, hey, I'm, you know, every time salvation happens, it's a miracle. We're not minimizing that but for Simeon I mean would not everything below that be like I don't really compare still to holding God in flesh in my arms and so he says hey I've got to see the promise of our salvation to all which it tells us in verse 35 because it's for all of mankind he's like I'm done I'm out of here let's go home there's there's nothing else I need to see that compares to that. And so 
you know, so the, the more context of the story, so here's Jesus being brought to the temple, as was customary, according to the Old Testament. You go back to Acts, uh, or Exodus 13, I believe it is, that every male-born child uh, was to be uh, consecrated you know, to the Lord and dedicated to the Lord. So uh, Joseph and Mary, being obedient to the Scriptures, they're bringing him to the temple to consecrate Jesus. And, and uh, as again, Simeon being led by the Holy Spirit, uh, that day is moved by the Spirit to go to the temple. And as we know, Scriptures, that's normal for him. Simeon was at the temple every day, and we'll see Anna as well. But that day, he's moved by the Spirit to, to go to the temple now. And he goes, and that's where he encounters Mary bringing Jesus in. And, and what's interesting is, is two things. I think there's an emphasis we need to take to heart because Luke in his writings doesn't say there's these two spiritual people that hang out at the temple. Luke gives us details on the spiritual character of both Simeon and Anna. And, and I saw, you know, God says what he means and means what he says. And so Luke wasn't just passing over describing these just, hey, there's two believers there or two faithful people there. No, Luke goes into some detail. He describes their spiritual character. And I think we need to draw something from that. I think we can make an argument there. So he describes Simeon. You'll see here in, in the verses, if you read, he is just and devout. Just being, you know, righteous in his acts and his doing. Now, the just part of him, the righteousness part of him, because there's none righteous, no, not one. It wasn't that he was. It was his interaction with man. Meaning Simeon was just. He was right with every, in all of his dealings with man. His devotion, his devoutness was to God, though. He wasn't devoted to man. He was right and righteous towards man. He was devoted to God in his walk and in his faith. And so, and again, he had received this promise from the Holy Spirit. We see in verse 26 that he'd get to see or he wouldn't experience death until he saw Jesus. And, and you know, Mary comes in, he, he says, they seen the consolation. And, and that word consolation is a Greek word meaning comfort. He saw the comfort that Israel longed for, that the Messiah was bringing to the, uh, to the nation of Israel and to his people. And so... He got to see this consolation, this comfort that was promised uh, by way of the Messiah. But also, in addition to Simeon, we find that there's a widow lady. This widow lady that is, uh, I think it says, uh, was uh, three score and four, and, and four, I think she was around, so around 60, what, that'd be 64 years old. Uh, widow lady, and Luke goes into detail to talking about Anna. And... Uh, Again, he's not casual. He's not vague in mentioning them as he's just, per se, two individuals. But he talks about that, that God has chosen these two, in a lot of ways, you can say Old Testament saints because of their age, but they were living by way of the Old Testament. Christ wasn't there yet. And so he took these two Old Testament covenant saints and interacted them with the promised new covenant that God said would come by way of Christ. Jeremiah 31, 31, I think it is, you know, the promise of the new covenant that was coming forth. So now he takes these two Old Testament saints up to that point that knew the law, living by the law, knowing that there was a promised fulfillment of a Messiah that was going to come forth. He had the promise that he wouldn't die, 
And, and so he's just every day going to the temple, being righteous with men and devoted to God every day. And then one day in particular, the Holy Spirit says, Ah, today's the day, Simeon. This is your day. Your promise I gave you, you're about to see fulfilled for not only for you, but for all of men. I mean, what a threshold from the Old Testament covenant to the New Testament promise. And, and, and Simeon and Anna get to bridge, help bridge that gap in a sense. They get to be a part of it more so than helping it come about. So let's look at two verses here, verses 25 and 38. And I think we see some, uh, without a doubt, we see uh, a great comparison between Simeon and Anna here. In verse 25, it says, Behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. The same was a just and devout, waiting for the consolation, the comfort for Israel. And the Holy Ghost was upon him. And so that's a great description. Granted, it's not a chapter describing his character, but he gives Luke and the Holy Spirit gives credit where credit's due. You know, let, let another man sing your praises. And, and so... Simeon's praises are being lifted up here that he is a just, righteous, and devout believer. Now, let's jump down to verse 38, because now the time has passed with Simeon in the same day, the same situation, and, and we are introduced to Anna here. And, uh, and so it goes there, 36 through 37, that you can read about her being a widow, four score and four, so you know, make her 64 years old. Uh, so look at verse 38. And, and she, coming in, that instant, gave thanks. What's that next word? Likewise. Talking about comparison. Luke's comparing it back to, to Simeon. Likewise unto the Lord, and spake to him, or of him, talking about the Messiah, Jesus, to all them that, what? Look for redemption in Jerusalem. So what's beautiful about this, Anna, like Simeon, every day, here's a widow lady that free will could have done whatever she wanted to do. But we see in the scriptures, she came to the temple daily. And we see now that he's here, she's saying, you know, Simeon's making knowledge that the Messiah's here. She's aware now that the Messiah's here. And now everybody that's coming to the temple, venturing by, you can maybe make an argument, venturing by way of the, of the temple, is like, hey, if you're looking for the comfort, if you're looking for the promise we've been told, you want to stop today. Today's the day. The promise has been fulfilled. The new covenant has been delivered. Our Messiah is here. What a day. That's not, the, that's not normal Sunday at church, folks. <laughs> this is completely different Sunday worship that's taking place here. And God uses Simeon and Anna, these two faithful Jewish Old Testament you know, Christians, believers, that are, are playing a great role in this, that are introducing the Messiah. So, it shouldn't be a surprise it should not be surprised that Simeon, now we don't know about Anna, but Simeon was ready to move on in peace. He was ready to enter glory. The greatest hope he longed for in his life was now fulfilled. Everything that he knew by way of Scripture, everything that he had learned and been taught was now 
taking place. And he had nothing else, per se, you can make argument worth living for in the flesh. Now, for God's will for his life, who knows? But God says, hey, I'm going to give you this day, I'm going to give you this moment to be a part of this. So, here's my question for tonight, or not really a question, our thought, and, and we'll be through. Uh, the story, like I said, maybe hit me more today than I'm sharing it with you. But while we don't have that same humbling privilege, we don't get that opportunity, we'll never get the opportunity to hold the Messiah in our hands. There'll be a day we get to walk hand in hand with the Messiah. But here on this earth, here on this, the, the, this wretched place that we're stuck in, in the temporal, we'll never get to experience what Simeon and Anna got to experience. It's such a humbling privilege to hold the Messiah in our arms. But this is the second thing that hit me after the one and done thought. We do. We do, capital D-O, we do have the same humbling privilege to hold in our heart the very same promises that Simeon and Anna long for. Did you catch that? By way of that, we are exactly like Simeon and Anna. Because those promises weren't extra special to them. The promise they got to see fulfilled is the same promise we get to look back and know that it got fulfilled. Amen? The promise is the same. It hasn't diminished over 2,000 years. It's the exact same promise. Well, yeah, but I didn't get to hold it. I, I wish I could have held Jesus. Is that what saved us? We know that. And Simeon's not claiming that's what saved him. Miraculous, an unbelievable, humbling privilege, without a doubt. I'm sure in heaven we'll get to hear Simeon talk all about it. Can't wait to hear the story. But as great as that was, does it compare to what Simeon and Anna were truly rejoicing over? Were they rejoicing over getting to hold him or rejoicing over the promise being fulfilled? Promise being fulfilled. Holding baby Jesus was what we say just icing on the spiritual cake. And as I was thinking this morning, I thought, wow. You know, maybe I doubt I'll ever be described like Simeon as being just and devout. But that's okay. Jesus loves me as much as he loves Simeon. God's probably saying, Todd, I wish you'd be as, you know, as just and devout as Simeon was. And he's working on me to get there. But until I get there, it doesn't mean the promise that Simeon got is any greater than the promise I got when I got saved at 16. And still wasn't turned into a God for years and years and years. You know my testimony. But during that time, the promise that I had from 16 years old until my eyes were open to my calling is the exact same promise that Simeon and Anna got. And I got to share that with them. And everybody that trusts in Christ gets to share in that same promise and gets to say, wow, why I didn't see it with my eyes, I still have the exact same promise for my life. The physical didn't nor does it multiply the promise. Just because Simeon was holding Christ 
in his hands did not multiply the promise in his life. Did Simeon get more saved? Is Simeon more saved than we are? No. It didn't multiply the promise. It just fulfilled and ensured the same promises for all. Look what it says in verse 31. Which thou hast prepared before the face of Simeon and Anna. For all. And that's what, that's what Simeon and Anna knew. It was for all of God's creation. They knew the gospel was for all. They knew the Messiah came for all. That's what they were rejoicing in. So then it made me ask a question to Todd this morning. Todd, are you holding on to our same delivered promises with the same faith that Simeon and Anna did? And am I ready to walk with them in the same light that they were? Do I have that devoted passion that Luke describes Simeon as having? Simeon, we don't know for sure how old he was, but you know, he was waiting for it to get there. He knew the promise. He was still waiting. That's why, you know, when you read Hebrews chapter 11, I think verse 13, you know, they had, they died with a greater faith than we had. They had to. David, Abraham, Isaac, you go through the whole list of Old Testament you know, saints in the Bible. They never got to see the cross. They had nothing but a promise to forthcome. We saw the promise fulfilled. We have seen it physically recorded in history of man written down and recorded by unsaved man that acknowledged that Christ was on this earth and we still can't live with the faith that the Old Testament saints do. And we struggle with our faith. Some Christians, some non-believers argue the Word of God and struggle with, I just can't believe that. Imagine being an Old Testament saint. Be a Simeon. Be an Anna. Be another Old Testament saint who, other than them, they never got to see the fulfillment. They had to hold and hang their spiritual hat on a promise to come that's faith and that, you know hebrews tells us about that so my question is though am i holding on to the same delivered promise with the same devotedness that simeon did that challenged me this morning don't know if that challenges you And I started thinking, man, there's a lot. In 24 years, there's a lot of religious and spiritual things I've done in my life. There's a lot. By way of my calling, and I've been blessed, unlike a lot of men in their calling, I never had to be bivocational. The, the, the only two churches I've ever served under have, have been over-faithful in supporting to Sam and I. I've never had to be bivocational. That is rare. You can ask Brother Brad how rare that is. I understand how blessed I am to have that. So, so when I say the statement, I've done a lot of spiritual and religious acts in 20, it's because that's been my job 24-7 to do them. And it's been a privilege. It's been humbling. But just because I've done a lot of spiritual and religious stuff doesn't mean I've always had the same devotedness that you see that Simeon had here. 
And I think, wow, how many times have I taken the promise for granted, per se? How many times have I gotten so caught up in doing that I forget how much I I have in common with Simeon? Am I that devoted to understand the promise I was given? For the most part, as men grow in their years, they grow more worldly than they do spiritually. That's sad. That's the world we live in. As you get older, you get more wise with the Lord and spiritual. Now, you just got more time to get lost in the world. Instead of putting off the cares and the pleasures and the occupations of our youth or midlife crisis, we cleave to these things that are unwise in their acts in our life. We seldom see the likes of a Simeon or an Anna who willfully and chose to detach themselves from all the unnecessary busyness of life in order to walk closer with God. They set their affections on the things above. Well, it tells in Colossians 3, 2. Set your affections on what? Things above. There's our devotedness. What are we devoted to? When you're talking about the spiritual and you're comparing ourselves or we're comparing ourselves to a Simeon and Anna, we only have choice A or B. It's either the eternal or it's the temporal. Well, it could be my career, you know, you throw that in there. No, that's temporal. Or it could be my relationship, no, temporal. My kids, temporal. No, it's either eternal or temporal. The subject matter we're talking about, there's no C, D, you know, through Z options. It's either we're setting our things on the eternal or we're setting our things, our mind on the temporal. And so if we're going to define our devotedness, how devoted are we to this promise we have though we didn't get to hold it in our arms we do have the exact same promise in our lives are we devoted as Simeon was Simeon wasn't devoted to holding Christ he was devoted to he was holding the promise that was offered through Christ Christ himself was just icing on the spiritual cake again where's my devotion Now, nobody can be 100% devoted. We're fallen creatures. We live in a fallen world. So where's our percentage? I mean, I don't know. That's what we got to answer individually with God. Are we in a 90 percentile? I don't know if that's even possible. Probably not. Are we an 80 percentile? 70, 60, 50? Where are we in our devotion to Christ? How are we, li- are we living with our affections? affections those things that move us emotionally that stir up our hearts and our mind is it on the things above or is it on the temporal and that's something we got to answer individually we can't answer for each other as your pastor i can't tell you what your where your devotion level is that's only between you and the lord But it challenged me this morning. Wow. Am I that sold out on that promise? Am I that devoted, the the word that Luke chose to use, 
am I that devoted to the promise? Because I, I had the exact same promise. When I get to heaven, if you could, I can show my promise to Simeon, and he'll show me his promise. Will there be any variance in the promise? Same promise. Same promise. Luke says he was devoted to the promise he got and looked forward to. Is Todd that devoted? So what are your thoughts on that? Anybody have any thoughts? was probably she may have hit the 90 percentile because what deborah's talking about is, is spot on it's right here in verse 37 but serve god with fastings and prayers night and day or show yeah or their sales there he is that's a good point Side of us, you would think so. <laughs> we should be able to make the argument. We should, yeah, hit a higher percentage. So we have these two characters that we're all see what we'd say sold out, Jesus freaks, whatever term you want to use today. They, they were spiritually all in. We can make that argument, correct, through Luke's description. And being all in, as Deborah said, day and night there at the time. So if you're that focused on Christ, what is that going to magnify in your life? The mind of Christ. And the very promise that they couldn't wait to see. Still missed it. And, and, you know, you get believers today and, and, and get offended that, a, you know, a pastor or a leader or anybody doesn't have to, anybody in the church is just reaching out, hey, we missed you, you need to get in church. And, and we're kind of, we know what we mean, we should know what we mean, why we want them in church. Not so we can check off a name and, and, and count numbers. But sometimes we're too vague and we're saying, man, we just love to see you in church. 
Well, why do we want to see them in church? Because we want them to get their devotion, to, be, to grow in their devotion on the things that are eternal. Why? Because the more we immerse ourselves, the more we subject ourselves and put ourselves underneath the Word of God and devote ourselves to that, then it magnifies who and what Christ is in our lives. And now you're like an Anna. Hey, where are you going? To the market. You don't want to go to the market. You want to come in here. Let me tell you. Be looking for the comfort, the promise we talked about. I've heard about. Hey, let me tell you who's here today. This isn't a regular day. You know, I, I can't help but think. Was it John chapter, uh, John chapter 1? Mark, did I put that up there? John chapter 1? And maybe think of John the Baptist today. Remember John the Baptist says, you know, behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sins of the world to whom I said. I mean, you can see a lot of that parallel in John the Baptist. John the Baptist knew <laughs> as he was in his mother's Elizabeth's womb when he was in the very presence of Christ in Mary's womb, he leapt in his womb because it's an infant, it's a fetal child. He said, behold, there's a Lamb of God right there. John the Baptist knew it right then. In his entire life, he's lived with the knowledge and the devotion that there's one coming whose sandals I can't latch. And when Christ comes along Galilee and asks John the Baptist to baptize him, John the Baptist, you know, I say refuses, says he's unworthy. And Jesus corrects him. He baptizes him. The next day passes, and I love that passage. The next morning, it says John the Baptist was talking with his disciples and I don't know where Jesus came from, but he comes out, reappears, and he stops. I can just feel the chills that he stops and looks and says, Behold, the Lamb of God. That's the devotion we should have. Do we say, are we living? Behold, there's the Lamb of God. The story I told you, just to be involved in something, that doesn't even... In our mind, doesn't even compare to the story of Simeon holding baby Jesus, but to see how the Holy Spirit would, would, would use me to, to reach out to this woman, those are behold the Lamb of God moments in our lives. The promise is still real, it's still alive, it's still alive and, and, and working through His creation. Are we focused on the eternal? Colossians 3 2. We have to be honest thinkers. We have to look at our spiritual heart and challenge ourselves. Where's my devotion level? Returning, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that was it. That's all I have. I hope that was an encouragement to you and uh, something to chew on and, and maybe go read the story yourself. And I'm sure the Holy Spirit will point out things, you know, even more so for you. But I think it's something we need to be honest with ourselves and just uh, and see, you know, where are we at on our devotion scale? Yeah, 84 still serving. That is true, day and night. Amen. All right, let's pray. Oh, yeah, we get our offering. Father, we thank you for uh, tonight. We just thank you for this story that we can just take to heart and chew on. Such a, 
small passage in your in your uh, in your truth to us, but yet it's, it's it's poignant, it's purposeful in our lives. And Luke goes to uh, effort to describe the the character of Simeon and Anna and their devotion uh, through both of them that we can see mirrored in John the Baptist. But Father, the uh, the question is us, and uh, we can get fixated on the temporal aspect of Simeon getting to hold Jesus. That's all. You know, that's amazing. It's a miracle in and of itself. But the true miracle is the promise that Simeon and Anna got to see fulfilled. And the beauty is it's the exact same promise that was fulfilled for our lives as well. And we should have that devotion to that same promise, not just to the miracles. And uh, we, uh, we love miracles. We pray for miracles. We see miracles all around us. But we need to be focused on the truth of the promise of Christ. That's the miracle of miracles. And that's what Simeon understood. It's what Anna understood. And uh, that's what we need to understand uh, what's prevalent and most important in our lives. And we live with that passion that they had and, uh, and share it with others. So we thank you for it. I ask uh, that you forgive us where we fail you. We ask these things in Christ's name. Amen.